Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself and Simon welcome the return of Graham Soonest to the studio. Manchester City and Tottenham played out a thrilling 3-3 draw, and despite getting on the score sheet, Jack Grealish was not immune from some criticism. We took Graham to task over that. Elsewhere, there were question marks over Manchester United's attack, with Rashford and Martial being hauled off by Eric Ten Hag. How does the Dutchman begin to solve the issue? And as I speak, Paul Heckenbottom is still in place at Sheffield United but is expected to lose his job today. Can he have any complaints after another loss this weekend? This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Well, 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 Simon Jordan, look who's back and in our midst. Graham Soonis, you're most welcome. Thank you. Where have you been? Um, sabbatical, is that the correct word? I needed a rest from you too. Have you been gone? I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, so I listen to you most mornings. I'm thinking these two are just sitting there in their big comfy chairs. Yeah. And it's all too easy for you. So I thought I'd maybe add a bit Talking of Talking about to comfortable chairs, are you comfortable in your chair? Is the yes, water fine? Yeah, is the coffee fine? The water's fine? good, yes. Is Luke being particularly respectful to you? No. No? No. It's a subdued look. The last time I was in his company, he was, he was telling us how Arsenal were going to win the league last year. Well, he's, st- he's still telling me that he's very happy because Arsenal are top of the shop this Monday morning. We are very happy that you're back. And this time we'd like you to stay. Well, it depends if you, <laughs> if you excite me or not. All right. OK, it's down to us then, Simon. All right, we'll do our very, very best. Graham Soonis is back with us and back with us with a bang. And we're delighted about that. Well done, Jeff Stelling, incidentally, uh, for the last four hours with uh, Super Alley, live in Talk Sport. Um, we are live in Talk Sport. Mr Jordan, how was your weekend before I go any further? Thank you for your lovely phone call. It was OK. Saturday morning. You woke me up, but it was lovely. Yeah, no, I had to uh, endure two hours of Chris Eubank Sr., which I can assure you was an endurance text, test. Or for your podcast. Um, you think, you think Sooness is hard yards in terms of what he thinks he's entitled to. Right. Uh, spend a couple of hours with Chris Eubank. And then yeah. I had the added pleasure of spending the afternoon with Michelle's company, who you know you love so much, GB News, and their managing director and all the... Okay, and with that, we shall progress. Um, uh, Paul Heckenbottom, maybe many of you out there will not be surprised to hear, uh, is set to be sacked today by Sheffield United. Chris Wilder, Simon, favourite to take over. We've been in this movie before, have we not? Mm. When we've spoken about Chris Wilder waiting in the wings. But Graham, when you look at it, 
Sheffield United is a lost cause and we're, we're just into December. Won one in 14, they've got five points and they prop up uh, the league. Is it no surprise, really? If, if we were to go, no, it wouldn't be a surprise. That's the price on the ticket as a manager today. I, I think he's had a very difficult job. Um, you know, they sold some of their better players at the start of the season. Even if they had kept them, survival would have been the, the most important thing to them. With those players that, that they've sold, if they kept them, it was still going to be a very, very difficult ask. Um, you know, losing heavily to, what was that, an 8 niller to someone? Was it uh, Newcastle, Newcastle, yeah. That's, yeah. You know, that, that, that's, that's bad. But at the end of the day, you know, it's football. You know, it's all about results. He knows, he knew the minute he signed that contract at that football club, it was going to be a hard gig, given that they don't have a great budget to work with and you're in such a demanding league. I mean, the Premier League, if you ever needed reminding how good it is, I mean, that game yesterday in Manchester between City and Spurs was just yeah. just fabulous to watch. Yeah. And that, there's such a gap to region between the very best teams and the rest. It's enormous. Yeah. Uh, Simon, Heckenbottom, you won't be surprised, just kind of uh, went with it when he was asked about his own future after a 5-0 drubbing by newly promoted Burnley at the weekend. This was Paul. Listen, I've had this now since the beginning of September. And one thing I can say, that I can walk out of this this stadium with me with me head held high. I know how hard I work. And for everyone at the club, that won't change. I'll make sure the staff will do the same. Um, and we'll continue to give everything we've got with what we've got. And that won't change. And as I said, the first time I got asked this, however many months ago, you're asking the wrong person. I mean, it's hard for him when he's put, you've been in that situation probably, Graham, when the questions are coming in, you're like, well, what can I say? What do you expect me to say? What could they expect Heckenbottom to say? Um, we hear that he's probably had the news. It's yet to become official. But um, it's a tough job for whoever goes in there, no matter who it is, if it's Wilder, if it's anybody, Simon. Yeah, I mean, he's been, to some extent, for the owner, a useful idiot, hasn't he? Because the owner has wanted to get out of the door for some time. You know, we saw him in the summer. The, you know, they were, they were in embargo last year. So we had to work without the ability to be able to sign many players towards the back end of the... Uh, or the middle of the season when they had the window in January. They come through that. The embargo clears up the financial mess. The owner tells everybody that he wants to leave. So they're from the top... The messaging isn't necessarily where you'd want it to be if you get into the Premier League. It's the land of milk and honey. You go for it. Then you're selling two of your best players. So you're giving this guy a little chance. Now, the last two results are what will do for him because the previous two games, you know, he's gotten decent results. They've beaten Wolverhampton Wanderers and they've beaten... Oh, they've drawn with Brighton. You go into these next two games and Bournemouth is a... Is a, is, a, is a difficult one because they're on the turn now. They've got themselves together. So, you know, previously that might have looked like a game you can get something out of, but Bournemouth have been in good nick. Yeah. The game, I mean, he's got a moron up top in the game, so it doesn't help him, you know, in terms of McBurney getting himself sent off in that game. But the, the performance of the, of the team looked like a team that's now heard enough from that manager. What they're going to hear from Chris Wilder, I don't know, you know, and why the owner would go back to somebody, in my view... That, that didn't behave the way that he should have done when he left the football club is beyond the wit of my understanding. You didn't like the way he spoke out. About... Oh, there's a lot of things I don't particularly admire about him. I think he did a great job in the time that he was there for a period of time until he got until somebody gave him something he didn't like. And then ultimately he turned into what he turned into and I don't think he yeah. pulled up any trees in his most recent jobs. But, look, they cannot continue going on the way they're going. You know, if they were going to, if they, if they were going to support Heckenbottom in January and they're going to support another guy, that's slightly unfair... But if you look at the performance on Saturday against Burnley 
and you're getting beat five by a side that you would think you're going to be competing with, and you're getting beaten in the manner that you did, there's going to be a reaction, I suspect. Yeah. I, think, I think it's unfair. I do. I think it's unfair. I mean, whoever goes in, Graham, it's it's virtually, with all due respect to Sheffield United and Blade fans listening this morning, it's an impossible task to nigh, keep them in the league. Nigh on impossible, yeah, because um, I know we talk about coaches and managers and a great deal, but it still comes down to, to players, ultimately. I'm a great believer in that because that's... Um, the way I was brought up, I was part of a team that was super successful and, and the, the staff would just point us in the right direction and the rest was up to the players. That might simplify it, but that's exactly how it was. Um, so I'm not sure how much more any new manager, by saying different words, by playing a different system, can get from this group of players because yeah. it is the most demanding league in the world. There is no respite from it. Mm. It is full on. It is so demanding. It's so intense. Now, a different voice normally you get a bit of a kick on you know, that's that surge when a new man comes in. But I'm afraid it comes down to quality at the end of the day. And do Sheffield have enough players of quality to get themselves out of this hole? I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. At this particular stage in proceedings, what is more important, having a new manager or having the right players? It's always about players, Jim. It's always about players. The manager can, can improve them. Um, but I'm, with all due respect to every player at that football club, how much do they need to improve to get themselves out of this hole? I don't think they've, they've got that in them. Yeah. I don't think that squad have got that in them. I think it's a difficult, difficult job, you look at, whoever takes that. You look yeah. at the competitivity they put in early on in the season when they made Manchester City have to beat them and they made Tottenham have to beat them and Tottenham beat them in the last minute when Tottenham were in their pomp. You know, I, of course I concur with Graham's view that in the end of the day it's about players. But this group of players yesterday, you would have expected them, sorry, on the weekend, would have put, put a better fist up against Burnley. Now, Burnley are not a bad side, but they're not in good nick. They're not, you know, we're going to wait for Vincent Company to keep on espousing us of his wisdom that he's going to stay the way that he's going to stay. And ultimately that will end up with a product that keeps them in the division, whether whether that happens or not. I think that's entirely about the attitude of the players on, on, on the weekend. I think whichever voice you put in there, you've seen them being able to compete in games. You've seen Manchester City have to go to the last minutes of the game to beat them 2-1. You've seen Tottenham have to do the same thing. Now, they've taken a couple of beatings on the way, but Leicester took a beating 9-0 a few years ago and came back and rectified that. Um, oh, sorry, Southampton, sorry. And rectified that against Leicester. That group of players on, on the weekend, you know, shouldn't be reflective. And that's why I suggest that the manager's voice is not falling upon particularly able ears your 100% essential download outspoken with White and Jordan we're talking about Manchester City drawing 3-3 with uh, Tottenham in what was a real thriller it was a thriller at Anfield as well we'll get to that but a real thriller at uh, the Etihad yesterday Green when you look at that and you think well Ange there was big pressure on Tottenham going there because of the way they play would they play that way all out attack would that not hand uh, would that not hand uh, the the um, incentive if you like to Manchester City to do a job on Tottenham and win by a good few goals didn't work out that way are Manchester City showing more frailties now than they have done before or is this a story we've seen countless times before now a City side yet to rev up their engines I think you'd be a fool to talk about Man City's frailties. I think they are a proper team, great footballers, serial winners. Um, what what great players and great teams do? They react to disappointment. Now, okay, we're still we're not even at Christmas, Jim, and um, they're sitting third on the table as we speak. They still, for me, are the favourites. Although I've got a sneaky feeling for my old team. Yeah, I think they're going to be. I think I said at the start of the season. 
I think you're going to have to finish in front of Liverpool to win this league. And the reason is that Liverpool have got lots of goals in their team. And if you've got lots of goals in your team, it means you can win games without being at your best. But City, you know, if I was if I was looking at them, and, and they're, yeah, they're, they're conceding goals that they wouldn't normally. Um, they're missing their best player, who has been their best player for the last five or six years in De Bruyne. Yeah. So he's, he will come back. They were five points better I, off at this point last yeah, season. I think if there's any criticism of them, is they're not playing with the same intensity. We talk about we're talking about Sheffield United before and at that end of the league where that half a yard's a difference. And I would suggest it's the same with City right now. Now whether it's a you know the impact of the, the Champions League games on them or for whatever reason they're just maybe I'm not saying half a yard, maybe a foot away from where, you know, when it comes pressing, getting your shots off, getting your passes off being aggressive, more aggressive, that you'd be a fool to write them off. I mean, Gary Neville said complacency. And he said that a few times. Did you have that in your championship winning side at Liverpool? Yeah, I think, I think. Um, well, I was at Liverpool seven seasons. We, we won the league five times. So there was a couple of years where we must have been complacent or, you know, that would be a discredit to, to I think, Villa won it once and Forest won it. They were really good teams. They, they, it, was, it was their year. But... Um, no, I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't. You can't call it complacency. They've got a manager that won't allow that to happen. And the reason, apart from what comes out of his mouth and his actions, is they have a, such a strong squad that can rotate that. And if you're a player, and I had that feeling, he's made those players in the dressing room feel like this. I'm captain of Liverpool. I'm captain of Scotland. There was only two subs at the time. I knew if I had two or three indifferent games, they'd be looking at me very closely. And I know one of those subs. I can remember getting changed one day. Two sub midweek international. I'd played in some most of the team. Two subs had played in midweek. And there was five guys the suits on that weren't getting changed. I'd all played for their international teams that midweek. And I know if I had two indifferent games, they'd be looking at me very closely. Captain or not captain, you know, Grand Formage or not big cheese. I would have been under pressure. And Man City have that right now where he can say to anyone, De Bruyne, anyone. Yeah, maybe, maybe Hallen's put himself into a different category but if you're not at it we can always find someone else who will be at it and then you have to sit and have a look for a few got weeks. it got it are they, are they sort of rev up then City Simon oh listen I mean a crossbar post and several sitters missed and they win the game 7-3 I mean look Man City to me are still the side to beat they're still the team that everybody has to emulate to be able to win the league so I still expect them to win the league I don't have quite the same faith in Liverpool that Graham has but I do think that Liverpool are getting better as a side, certainly better than they were last year. And I have reservations about whether Arsenal will stay the course. But no, I think Tottenham are a capable side. I think they're a brave side. I think they're playing a brand of football that perhaps um, gives Man City more conundrums to work out than previously have done. And also they've had kryptonite over City before. You know, if you look at the statistics when they're coming out on the pitch, they've won six of the X amount of games over the last amount of time they've played them. So it's not something that we're unfamiliar with. What we saw was a brilliant game of football and Tottenham had their part in it. Yeah. See, see, you, 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 the question was about City. So yeah. that, but I think it's so easy to, to overlook how good Spurs were. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I was amazed at, how many, if you watch that game again, just watch them sprinting. No one was going at sort of 75% to close down. Everybody was sprinting from the first minute to the last. Spurs were really good yesterday. And this is with how much of his strongest yeah, 11 not being out. And the yeah. two, two yeah. Yeah. Signs, two signs are good now, for Spurs. I mean, you must admire Postecoglou. Very much for so. For not moving from his principles. But, but, yeah, I, I am 
can I say, say that? He, he, certainly, he was sort of preparing us for his team losing quite heavily at the weekend. I think he may have been surprised how well his team did, but the, they deserved the result. I thought they hung in there in the first half, got through that difficult period, and were really good in the second half. But I'm maybe getting off, going off on a tangent here, but I didn't see the Chelsea game where they stuck to their principles. Mm. Now, I would suggest... That Came a cropper. I would suggest... Well, when you were down to nine men. I was, that's what I was yeah. going to say. I, I would suggest when you've got nine men... You yeah. can't hold a high line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just don't have the numbers. You can hold a high line, Jim. Always remember this. You hold a high line as long as the ball has been put under pressure. If you're down to nine men, you can't be putting the ball under pressure all the time. So I, as I said, I know I got a bit of criticism for that. Maybe in the future, he gets too close to sent off. You wouldn't would be holding you, the high would line. Would you say, I mean, I obviously think most people would say the same as you, Graham, but would you say culturally, the nature of what he's trying to drum into these players is a certain mindset? Belief. A belief system, even when we're in this situation, we're going to play a certain way and it will serve them better in the longer game. And then when he's um, got that culture in there, then he'll flip it around and change it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, 100% true. I mean, yesterday, they've been travelling back to London feeling really, really pleased with themselves. You know, they've gone to, along with Liverpool, the hardest place to dig out a result. Mm. Um, I know that our, man, our Arsenal man is looking at me with a strange face when I say that. Okay, let's include Arsenal in that. But... They have gone back to London with a big smile on their yeah. faces. They deserve to. Is he going to prove to be the real deal for Tottenham? Well, I, th I think I mentioned it already. It's about players. I think he's a really healthy group of, group of players he's got right now. Yeah. I think going into that game, having lost three games, is a bit unfair on him because you know you mentioned the Chelsea game, but I don't I didn't see him playing badly in other games. Hmm. I, I think he'll need help from Daniel Levy, bit of investment, and then that is the time to do it when you're on the up. That's the time to invest. It's not what about when... the big game, the big talking point at the end? Um, and we'll get into this the other side of the break, but I see it in the back of the Times this morning. It's everywhere. You've seen it probably, of course, yourself. Hallen's fury at the referee. Um, Henry Winter in the Times this morning. Sadly, the many highs of another compelling episode of the Premier League show needs setting against the latest officiating law to the damage the world's most elite sporting league. You're in the face of the odd referee over the years, Graham, on a number of occasions. Hallen lost it yesterday at the end, didn't he? Yeah, I think that that be as that's as much out of the that decision when the whistle blew and he should have allowed it to go on, as much as the way he had played, Mr. Sitter in the first half didn't get many sniffs at goal. I think that'd be born out of frustration he was feeling personally as much as so that at, decision. So you went after the officials. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's okay, and I think the the talk of sin bins I think corrects that overnight. I think if that's introduced, that doesn't happen. You'd sling Haaland in a sin bin for that no, I'm not end. saying I would sl sling him in a sin bin. What I'm saying is if they're going to introduce that, that that problem's no longer in football. So you back this idea? I, think, I think it's a good one because the way the, the games have fallen, you, you go back to... You go back to... It was Fergie's group of players and Wenger's group of players where they surround a referee. You know, put the referee under all sorts of pressure, you know, get in his face. That went out of our game a wee bit. And now it appears to be sneaking back in. I think to eradicate it once yeah. and for all, yeah. a sin bin, because you have the sensible heads around Haaland yesterday saying, don't do that. You're off. Don't do that. I mean, and Simon Hooper did a good game, Simon. Hmm. And it was that moment that, but, of course, I mean, the wheels came yeah, off. Yeah, but it was an easy decision to it's make. It's a poor decision. It was yeah. an easy... I mean, it wasn't like... It was, it was clear early on they were keeping possession of the ball. And then, but... There's no guarantee that Jack Grealish is going to run no, that, through that's what I was going to say. and score a but goal. It's a poor decision. There's no doubt about it. And it does, I mean, I don't like articles like that because there's many things that happen on a football pitch at times that you could suggest may not bring the Premier League into the best light. 
And I don't think it's particularly helpful for Henry to make sure that his allegiances are in certain places so he can make sure that the, the dynamic of when he wants to interview certain people is pleasing <laughs> to him and to them, because I think that's ridiculous. We see bad decisions being made on the football field in every country around the world, and I don't know quite why it has to be dragged into this space where he turns around and says it damages the world's most elite sporting league. People make mistakes. I thought with the many men, and I thought, by the way, the way Ruben Diaz spoke about it afterwards of the game was a very mature and articulate and winning mentality way of approaching it. The referee made a mistake. Yeah. We all make mistakes. It's not ideal. We're disappointed. We're frustrated. That's how professional footballers should talk about situations. Of course. I know there's emotivity, and I understand that there's no, the sin bin thing wouldn't have been relevant to Harlan because it was at the end of the game. He's not going to get put no, in but the he's on bin. it. He's on yeah. it at the moment as well. When yeah. it happened, he was on them as well. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he loses it. Clearly, I mean, he loses hang, it. To hang the argument all on that one decision. Moment. Yeah. City, you know, it's a City weren't quite at it, or Spurs were very good. I think a draw was a fair result. Yeah. I really do. And it's a poor decision, Graham. Yeah, is we, it? We're regularly it's an easy referees. one to make. It's just a poor It was an easy one decision. to make. It's not good enough. It's not like, the, oh, has he got possession? Has he regained possession? Yeah. It was clearly they had possession. It doesn't overshadow the whole game, though, Simon, does it? No, no, and that's it's my point. Thriller. But that's my point in terms yeah, of... Great yeah, game of football. What's great being suggested. But yeah. you, you're constantly having this battle now with the fraternity in football that suggests that the referees shouldn't have the authority or this is overreach and that's overreach and the necessity to have this. When you make decisions like this and they're really poor... It's difficult to defend them at times. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Not for the first time you've gone after... Jack Grealish Jack Grealish who came on yesterday and scored to make it 3-2 for Manchester City in the dying embers of the game against uh, Tottenham but then Tottenham equalised and 3-3 it finished so Graham Souness in his column at the weekend Jack Grealish could not have played in any of the teams I did at Liverpool the way he plays it would not have been accepted what do you mean by that? too many touches I mean the way I was I was coached um from some of the best brains that 
the world football has ever seen. It was all about getting out of your feet as quickly as you can if you can't pass it one touch and remember the pitches we used to play on. We were, in simple terms, the only people that need time on the ball are guys who put the ball in the back of the net. The rest of you are just, you're the, you're not hod carriers, but they didn't use that term. It's a word I can't but use. But has the game not changed a bit? In what respect? It takes How time do to do the right thing. But he doesn't do the right thing. And the stats would back that up. Let me tell you how it works, Jim. People who dribble with the ball for the uneducated. Thank you. That, 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 oh, he's a good player. That gets you an educated. People who run with the ball have always done that. But ultimately, there has to be an end product. Skip past one, get it in early. Don't skip past one, skip past two, and lose it to the third man. So people who dribble with the ball, and I'm not talking about Jack and, and, um, particular but they've always excited people and always had a bit more attention on them because they spend more time on the ball you've obviously heard the ball moves far quicker than you can I'm sure you, when you were a boy you were told that and I just think Jack doesn't he doesn't see it early enough and that's why he takes early touches I don't believe any I don't believe any coach would tell any player not Jack any player to dwell on the ball as much as he does you certainly I, lay into him, though. I'm not laying into him. Grealish has become very predictable. He takes his full back down the line before checking inside and playing it square. There is no threat. There's yeah, no end I don't, product. I don't, so if I was him, I'd be very concerned. I don't see him going to the byline enough. Going past someone, going to the byline. And he always cuts a, inside, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he threatens to go down the line, comes inside. Um, you know, this is how the <laughs> the modern game has evolved. Left-sided players want to play on the right, right one be on one the left, so they can cut in. So they're, I am, I still think there's a place. Listen, you don't want to become predictable. Right now, he's predictable. As a striker, as someone who scores goals, you have to be unpredictable. But you say it's come to a bit of an impasse. Well, it's I, come I, to an impasse. I'd be sitting in front of the manager and asking him, "How do you see it for well, me?" Well, Jim, it's come to an impasse because of Doku. He excites me. He's direct, and I said that in the article. If you're playing against someone. Who wants to get you isolated one on one? He has pace, doesn't he? Doc who frightens the life out of you. Yeah, he, pace. The same as Sterling does. You know, I know that you know he's not, he's not in um, Gareth's thoughts at the moment. But Sterling's, pro- you don't want to play against these people. You know, if you're a fullback in those positions, you're looking for a covering player all the time. And then again, I mentioned it in that article. If you dangle a foot at all these days in the box with someone like that. You're risking penalty. And do you, do you think Jack has kind of capitulated to his position at City more often than not on the bench? You say he cannot afford to be sitting on the bench as a bit part player. I, Only he can decide if he's happy to be that. It's not something I would have tolerated. No, you I've, wouldn't have tolerated being on the bench. No, couldn't have happened. Wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't hang around. But that's only for Jack to decide. I I think. Listen, you did knock the door then. Yes, but it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Why? Happen. Because you were that good? No, it wouldn't have happened because of my personality. I would have, you know, I'd have been confronting it before. You know, if I'm not starting every game. It, it just wouldn't have happened. I know, I, I know what I'm, I know what I'm like. Um, I had one incident where I was injured, came back. I'd been told I was going to play at Spurs. Uh, we travelled down to London. Terry Max says, on the way down, are you playing? I said, yeah. He told me I'm playing, and he didn't. Joe Fagan didn't pick me. Bob Pizzi was, he had pleurisy and was out. And he didn't pick me. Um, and I, um, this was, we trained on the Monday morning, playing on the mon- Monday night, I think, or Tuesday, Tuesday night. He didn't pick me. He came to our room. I'm in the room with Kenny. Came to the door. He said, oh, well, if I'd have thought about it. Um, and um, we're not going to play you tonight. And I, I said to Joe, well, you know what you can do your team? You can stick it. 
the sun don't shine. Um, I went straight down to the bar, uh, had a gin and tonic and wrote out a transfer request. So and, I always thought that was admirable from Graham. And, <laughs> I always thought that was admirable, taking the rough with the smooth. The game's not, changed, Graham. You've not, got a not, different... You've got a different well, Liverpool and you... In the eighties and two no, substitutes is not we're relevant not, to where we we're are. We're not now. talking about we're not talking about whether it's relevant or not. We're, talk, well. we're talking about how I how I address that yeah, situation. You, you never turned. Well, yeah, because well, he had told great. Simon he had told me great. I was going to play. Yeah, I heard this story. I thought it was Apple the first he, time I heard he, it. Right. So anyway, Jack Grealish, I think the Doku turning up looks like a real player. It does indeed. He's a baby. Jack At least Grealish was more professional than you. Um we're all different, thank goodness. So he has got a real challenge in front of him that wasn't there before. So let's see how Jack deals with it. You know, I, I'm not digging anyone out. I'm making a point that Jack is at a crossroads where he might have to play second fiddle to Doku. And if that is the case, will he still be on Gareth's mind? Is it in your mind? See, I'm with Graham on this, but I'm, I'm also in the camp that he was never a £100 million footballer in the first place. He was because someone was prepared to write that mm. check out. Which isn't his fault. Well, no, it isn't. But you have to then prove that you are at that level. And it's interesting to see, it's also interesting to see that we make this big furore about Pep Guardiola influences every player, changes the game. And last year, to be fair to Jack Grealish, what he changed in his game was his work ethic and his preparedness to track Running back. back. But Excellent. Really, and absolutely, we saw that. We saw that specifically in a few games and it was a, a real transition. But what you get Jack Grealish for is to hurt the opposition. Mm, at the other yeah. end. Yeah. You don't, you and know, I think Graham's assertion, uh, observations are right. But do you think he is... What they, what people crack him up to be? Is that? Do you believe that to be the case? Beneath all that predictability that's coming in, no, and the fact I don't no, think he is either. No, no, right. I think he's, he's, you know. Yeah, but if Kulusevski hadn't popped out yesterday, he would have won the game for City. Right. So, yes, he's, so that, so yeah. he's well, not. Well, that would have put your article in the. We got what, a Jim, can I, I know you're trying to. You've got a bit of petrol and you put it on the fire. He scored one goal <laughs> and one assist this year for Man City, a team that dominates the ball, a team that's always on the front foot, a team that scores goals. And that ain't enough. It's just not enough. So where is Jack at the so, moment? Right so, now, where is he then well, in City? I, I think he he has to... Um, f- the first thing he has to do is have a conversation with the manager and say, what do you think? Because I want to be... If you're a big player, you want to be starting every single game. Every single moment, you want to be on the pitch. So if he's now no longer the go-to guy, that's a conversation. That's, only him and the manager can can um, have that conversation. I am... Um, I think he's. I think he's under pressure. I he's think your new d- pop up, isn't I he? Think, no, I was wrong about him, wasn't I? But is he good? I mean, is he going? To, it's all well and good saying that he can go to knock on the door. You go knock on the door because you can back up the observation at the and time. And he can't right? right now. But can he full stop? Because I'm not sure he can. No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not his. I have to say, I'm not his biggest fan. I think he flatters to deceive. That's my that's view. Okay. Well. that's my view as well. Are there problems on the horizon put for another Jack? Way. Unless put another, he has a chat another with way. Oh, you, put, you put Jack on the market tomorrow. Who's buying him? For how much? Well, those silly sods of Man United would probably buy him for a fortune. I reckon you'd have loads of suitors, Graham, would you not? He'd, pr- he'd probably get in the Liverpool side, would he not? Jim. I, I no. know you going to say that. No, he's a, he's a rascal. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Newcastle uh, leapfrog Manchester United on uh, Saturday night. A 1-0 win. Um, if ever a scoreline didn't tell the whole story of a match, then that was it. Newcastle were absolutely dominant. So what now for Manchester United? All sorts of talk that Ten Hag is on borrowed time. But is he? Because he trots it out again post-match. Gotta stay positive. Today we have to say the credits to Newcastle. 
uh, after a start where we could have scored with Canacho, they were better, th better than us. They were more, say, more proactive, and we had uh, to go behind, uh, to go back. We had to defend. Uh, we we did that, but yeah, we allowed them one goal, and then in the end we fought back. We had two good opportunities, but yeah, uh, I will talk. Uh, with my team about about the reasons, but we have to do better. And as I said, I'm sure they will pick this up. I'm sure uh, they are resilient. They have the character to do this. Simon, say you're the owner and he's your manager this Monday morning. What are you saying to him? Um, well, after the result against Newcastle. And in general, where they are. We saw what happened in Istanbul last week. Well, you know what my views on Ten Hag are. And my views are that I don't... It depends what your objective is. If your objective is at Man United to finish inside the top four, there's a possibility that you'll achieve that. If your objective is, is to overturn Jurgen Klopp, to overturn Pep Guardiola, then you're very unlikely to have that achieved in the dugout with Eric Ten Hag. You've got to give the fella some time because the argument's been made about um, a Mikel Arteta and the achievements that he has uh, in terms of getting Arsenal facing the right direction, still haven't won anything. The ultimate outcome is to win things, not to participate in sport, it's to win things. And if Man United are built upon winning, I struggle to see the concept of what they're achieving at this moment in time. You know, you look at that group, everything that Newcastle were, Manchester United were not. Everything. And how can that be? How can that be? Because the players... They spent uh, the fortunes assembling this team. Yeah, but the culture of this football club is, is flawed. It's wrong. It has been for some time. The, the, the lure and the luster and the mystique and the culture of Man United has diminished over a significant period of time. And I'm not entirely sure that... the uh, Someone was saying on the weekend, it might have been Ali McCoyst, it might have been Jermaine Jenner, so I can't remember which one of them talked about this idea that he's a disciplinarian off the pitch but doesn't seem to be one on it. Well, there's no consequence... Danny Murphy says repeatedly, Graham, about the consequence of players not doing their job seems to be get back in the side the following week. Whereas if you're playing for other clubs where managers don't see you doing what they ask you to do or clearly expect you to do, and we can make the point at Marcus Rashford, we can make it at anti Anti-Martio is the sort of player that get you sack. But quite why, uh, quite why he's still at the football club is beyond me, but that's a different discussion. What would I be doing? I don't know. I'd be looking at the manager, hoping that the manager was going to do something different than he's been doing for some time now. We keep on... The problem with football management and the problem with football observation is everything is micro. And this time last year, Manchester United were going through a period of... Well, we went to World Cup this time last year, so not this time last year, but the beginning of... And we had these discussions about Ten Hag, and I think some of our thinking is aligned on it. Again, it depends what the Glazers want from Ten Hag and what, it, what their objective is. When Edward would depart... When things? Well, you would think so, yeah. And they're certainly providing some of the funding there to achieve things. And when we sat in that impromptu briefing from Edward that neither you or I wanted or gained anything from because it was some briefing session to be able to give him some legacy, he said that United will be winning the league within the next five years. You see any evidence of this? This side? Where this, do you this see United, setup? Graham? I mean, you, you've heard where Simon thinks they are right now. I mean, Ten Hag's consistent message of standards, it's not getting through, is it? Well, you, you're judged on how your team plays, how your team's results are. Right now, it's not good enough on both fronts. And Man United are the most wonderful football club. You know, historically, um, with a support that, that is maybe the biggest in the world, most glamorous team along with Real Madrid in the bigger world. Bigger than Liverpool. I, 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 numbers would suggest I think they're bigger than Liverpool at this time. Um I think there's only I think it's between 
it depends what criteria you're working to, but they're certainly up there. Let's say they're up there, as Liverpool are, as Man City would tell you they're up there right now because of their numbers. But there's more than one criteria. I think I think they're 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 um, they're hard watch at the moment, Man United. If you're a Man United supporter, because it's it, you don't know what you're getting. You know, in midweek against Galatasaray, and I know how difficult a place that is to dig out a result. Um, entertaining game, but people making mistakes at crucial times cost you. Um, I think where Man United are, I'll, I'll try and, without waffling, I th- you said we can talk about Martial later. I think you look no further than Martial for what that club is all about. I, I used to write in the Sunday Times. It must be four or five years ago. I wrote in the Sunday Times, this has to be Martial's last chance saloon moment. They've given him another contract and he didn't deserve one. So by by mentioning his name, what I mean is they have, for a decade, made consistently poor decisions in the footballing matters. The most important thing you have to get right at a football club is your recruitment. And then on top of that, who you think we can afford to sell. Who's no longer a Man United player? Who's not fit or good enough to be a Man United player? Who doesn't show the right attitude? These are things. You're playing for Man United. You're playing for that shirt. You're playing for a club that, you know, stands for all the good things about football in their past. And you've got players who are going through the motions now. Yeah. Now that comes back to the manager. Martial represents, for me, a decade of poor football decisions. In fact, he's still that in the club. And I tell you what happens with, with the likes of Martial. You watch him in training one day, you go, bloody hell, he's a player. Mm. There's a there's a real player in there. But how many chances does he need to prove that he's a big he's a big club player? His chance went five years ago. He shouldn't be there. And he is just one of several major football he's decisions that got wrong. So you're saying that. Why is Ten Hag not saying that? Because he's looking, as a manager... And I understand the game has changed dramatically in terms of what you can say publicly, what you can't. He's got to keep these players on side. And this is why I stopped being a manager, it must be 17, 18 years ago. I realise the tail wags the dog now. You know, you fall out with one player, you're not falling out with him. He digs up Martial. Ten Hag ain't falling out with Martial. He's falling out with Martial and his best mate in that dressing room and his best mate and his best best mate. So you could follow it four but or five people. But they had him at the door, didn't they, Marshall? They had him out yeah. the but, door but, to Seville. Yeah, and, and, and there wasn't a cure on the block for him, was it? Correct. But it's not all down to one player. And incidentally, no, the thing I'm they got me sim- about Martial... He's symptomatic of it. He's it's expressionless of it. when he's substituted after 61 yeah. minutes. Uh, expressionless. But it's not all Rashford? down to him. It's what not, about Rashford? It's, what about Rashford? He looks... We had this discussion about 18 months ago with Rashford and Ran- Ralph Raniak where he looked like he had a petted lip, was completely disenfranchised. We have a decent year last year. Lo and behold, is because there's an England selection available. Right? Was it 30 goals? A, a great year last year for him. And we're back to where we were mm. 18 months ago. Mm. I wrote. Did they want it badly I, enough? I wrote you? in my article, my Daily Mail column, several weeks ago. A great player is not someone who has a great season and then disappears for a season. It's a, a great player. A great, and that word is overused today by every pundit, everyone who writes about it, everyone who talks about it on television. Greatness is a word that's overused. Club legend, great. Great players turn up every week and make the difference in the games. They don't pick and choose. They don't have a season where I'm on fire and a season when I'm no longer on fire. And I can pick and... When you play for Man United, Liverpool, all the big clubs, you cannot pick and choose when you turn up. Right now, Martial... Sorry, forget Martial. Rashford looks like a player who's unhappy with his lot. He's 25 years old, signed a monster contract, playing for the most glamorous 
sexiest club out there. And he looks like he's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. I mean, liven up, son. He he needs someone to tell him, these are the best days of your life. This This is your time to really make the most of what God has given you. And he looks like a man who's who's just not happy with his lot. I just don't understand it. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.